bring that up. Um, you're good. Um, you guys going to miss the book of Philippians? I mean, it is an autobiographical, you know, it's this, it's this letter from Paul about his own life to some people he really, really likes. That's in the Bible. I mean, it's God's word, and it's this letter between friends. I mean, what does that tell you about God? <laughs> that Paul has friends that treat him differently than other friends. That all of his friendships aren't the same, right? And, uh, and of course, you picked up on the theme that he uses the word joy a lot, right? So it's like his wife's middle name kind of thing, you know? It's like, yeah, you know, just like joy. And, uh, but this isn't the only place Paul uses that. And I'm, I'm encouraged this morning because I like when somebody gives me the opening verses and closing books, verses of any of Paul's letters, because everyone else wants to go to the middle and go to the meat. And I kind of remember that every word in the Bible is actually God's spoken word. And you can learn a lot from the places you go. Is he just ramping up and ramping down? But I, you're going to miss this book when it's done because it's different than so many of the other uh, books in the New Testament. Um, but Rennie's here, uh, you know, and, and you're stuck with me, but, uh, you know, we're, uh, we're together on a journey and I'll tell you what our life is. We actually live a disciple making way of life 24 seven. It's just the way we do life. We do it in the gym. We do it in coffee shops. We do it through technology. We do it through just being there when people are going through life with its real bumps. And on top of that, we have this career of being a missionary, which finds its way through doing life with people. Um, and uh, so like this weekend, one of the, uh, we own several salons with our daughter because it gives me access into a whole nother culture. Every year we add some new spin to our life to, to be able to increase 100 new relationships for the potential of saying, what does walking together with God look like? Right? And by the way, I'm not disappointed when they already know Jesus. <laughs> or they don't know Jesus. It's just whatever it is, and we walk together. Well, this weekend, um, one of our stylists, um, her husband's father, just suddenly from healthy to hospital to died. And that gives us a whole nother set of relationships way beyond funerals into a whole new way of life as they adjust to all that changing. And so I, I get this feeling that Paul kind of got that. He got this idea that you do life, legitimately real life with people, and you're there for them. While you figure out this life with God, you're also figuring out this life with people. And, and Philippians is a great introduction to that. Now, I, I love this screen, and, and this is I could do a quiz time right now, and what I could do is make you explain things about all these people on the screen, right? You have to turn to the person next to you and say at least three facts you know about... Wait. Do you know I could actually put 150 personal names on this screen? 150 individuals, Paul goes out of his way in the Bible to say... You know, he one time goes, you know, high five to my prison buddies. You know, that's in Romans 16, the people that were incarcerated with him. Um, but there's some, like, there's people like here, like, like Tychicus. Like, I mean, he's talked about a lot. And Paul actually goes, I might send, you know, 
Tychicus, but I might send someone else. And then one time when he sends Tychicus, he goes, I wish I hadn't. I really like him when he's with me because he's like one of my best friends. And I, I shouldn't have given him to you because I need him more. <laughs> I mean, there's all these, there, I mean, incredible stories and connections of these people. Right? And today we're going to bump into Epaphrodites. <laughs> so here's my point. There's 150 people that Paul goes out of his way to either warn encourage or make note of as he's writing the Bible. Okay, so let me, 2,000 years, here we are. When you live out your Christian life and you're literally just there for someone, Paul could have mentioned you in that same moment. You've not only, like a ripple in the pond, carried on. I mean, Paul wanted you to know the way you do the normal, regular, everyday... When you get up and you are friendly to somebody (laughs) and then go, would you like to go to dinner with us? (laughs) Paul might have mentioned you in Romans 16. When you open your house up for a small group, Paul might have mentioned you. Because he goes, you have no idea what a generous spirit they had. They had nothing and they shared it anyway. And here's how I came to be in love with these friends. Now, that doesn't seem so like, whoa. And yet, what does it tell you about God when he takes time to note pretty regular things from regular people in regular moments and also go, friendships really matter. So I'm hoping today you'll start to realize the arsenal you have for changing the world starts with friendships. Starts with your real life. It's not like some, oh, I need to go be impressive. I've got to be celebrity status. You know, so in light of some of these uh, moments and journeys, um, I wanted to, uh, to show you that Paul does this regularly in all of his letters. Uh, you know, Romans, you know, that meaty book that we like to go to. Here's how he starts the book of Romans. He says in verse 11, he goes, I long. Now, when's the last time you used the word long? When do you use that? I mean, we're talking like Valentine's Day, good word, right? You're talking like, like, whoa, I haven't seen you in a long time. It's like long. Paul's trying to make a point here. What's he saying? I really, really, really can't wait to be with you. No. I mean, why are we wasting time with this in the Bible? Why aren't we out there learning something new about, you know, some new theology? Well, we are learning about a theology. People matter. They matter to God and they should matter to each other. That's a big deal. And he says, I long so to visit you. I want to literally be in the same place with you so I can do what? Bring you some spiritual gift. Now, Paul's the one who teaches on spiritual gifts. And we know that he knows that's something God gave him to give you, not something he brought from himself, right? He's not literally going, I made this for you. He's saying, God made this for you and gave this to me to give to you. He's saying, my relationship with God should somehow affect your relationship with God. And he goes, that will help you grow. Paul's like, I I don't want to just give you something. I want you to know that you will be more like Jesus when we get time together because of what he's given me. Because that's how you parent. That's how you friend. That's how you spouse. That's how you co-work. You go, I'm learning from God, and he gave me this for you. So you will grow. But then look at what he says. When we get together... Have any coffee shop moments planned this week? <laughs> Were you looking forward to being at church? Are you looking forward to the time in between? I laugh. You know, some people like jet the minute, okay, the program's done. And it's like, you know, we have a church that we're a part of that 
um, is in a small community. It's on a gravel road, right? And uh, uh, they do an hour together. And they start by finding out everyone's birthdays and singing happy birthday or anniversaries. Then they do church-like. And then they end by saying everyone can write down a prayer request. And they share it from the front with some leader, a leader couple. And they pray over them. And then the second half of church starts. And they have really good food in the back. And they spend an hour together. And if somebody was to actually leave in between that, everyone would go, What? Because it's like the kids are playing, they got round tables, and they got food, and there's clusters of people, and they they heard the prairie. It's funny, they're trying to figure out, in a world of distance, (laughs) garage door openers, you know, we do life at a distance, safe, how to give people a chance to be together. And they actually consider it half of the church service. Not, oh, there's the time in between. It's some kind of gimmick to get people to stay around to Sunday school. You know, is that we have, no, we actually have friendships. But... He's going, but when we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also what? He doesn't go, I'm Paul. Here's, he goes like this. I can't wait because I actually need to be encouraged by yours. When's the last time you encouraged your pastors, your leaders, your small group leader, your parents <laughs> in their faith and said, you guys, what you're learning is to be shared. I mean, this is Paul's norm, right? And then he says, in the end of 15, just so you know, he doesn't just start Romans that way because he's kind of like some gimmick. I want you to think I like you so you'll listen when I teach. (laughs) He goes, in the end, then, by the will of God, I will be able to do what? What I said in verse 11. (laughs) Come to you with a joyful heart. Sound like Philippians at all? And we will be an encouragement to each other. Now, in date night, we learned that encouragement, the word doesn't have a lot of bizarre meanings. It means you literally come in there present with each other so that you can then strengthen each other. It literally means be together. It actually has a very practical and not just, a, okay, I'll pray for you. It's I'll pray for you and I made you a meal. I mean, it, the word encouragement is this. It isn't just at a distance. It's like, I'm going to sit with you because I don't know what else you... I don't know what else I have for you, but I'm going to come be with you. When's the last time you were just with someone? Okay, the reason I'm showing this from Romans is that this is like Paul's DNA in all of his letters. Why else would he... 150 people. I'd like to call out... A few of them are for warnings. They were spankings, but most of them were like high fives, Right? So then when he gets to 1 Thessalonians, what's he say? At the end of the whole book, you're going to actually be an encouragement by being with each other, for each other in a mutual way. Exactly the same message he gave in Romans. In other words, Paul's hung up on this idea that your relationships and your friendships are the primary way you're going to grow together. Not This is helpful. But it's not primary. Primary is when you get close to each other and it exchanges. That's what Paul's thinking. So we get back to this incredible list and he goes, you know, Epaphrodites has been a key part of this. You've actually sent him to me and I'm sending him back to you so you can send him back to me. So I can. it's just like he's got this role of encouraging, right? And he also gives a high five to his Philippian friends. He says, I want you to know you're not like any of the other churches, which we're going to learn something. It, it, this one, like, my, I went, whoa. So, 
in light of this little journey, remember, do you guys remember in the beginning uh, of the book where we met, where you guys would have met Epaphrodites, right? And he says in the beginning of the book, because, you know, we don't know these people real well, right? We're not their Facebook friends, but, I mean, Paul's kind of like the first Facebook here, right? You see what he's doing? He's, like, sharing stories. He's connecting. He's, he, remember this moment? He says, meanwhile, I thought I would send you Epaphroditus back to you because I know he's a true brother, he's a co-worker, and a fellow soldier. He's basically saying, he's my ministry peer. <laughs> and he was your messenger to help me in my time of need. You gave him to me for, again, what's encouragement? It's physical presence plus you bring what you have from God when you come. That's a disciple-making friendship if you need language for it, right? He says, I am sending him back because he has been longing to see you. Have you heard that word long before? Who said they long to see people? I, I just, I, this blew my mind as how intimate and important friendships were. So, you guys, we can't do church without friendship. <laughs> we can't do church as just pews and rows. It's, there's like this connection that's supposed to like define the joy of it. And he says, I can't wait to send him back to you because he wants to see you because he's actually distressed because he knows you're worried about him. <laughs> Matter of fact, he did almost die, so you should worry about him. <laughs> like, like he came to help me, and the result was he almost died. But... He wants to be with you so he can relieve your distress. I mean, come on. Doesn't that feel real and not plastic? Isn't it nice when the Bible makes people matter this much? And so, verse 28 to 30, right? I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him. And then I won't be so worried about you either. Okay, are you catching this? Paul wants you to know that people with him, the people that care for him, like, that's like sending your missionaries and really caring about them. <laughs> it's not just, it's like reading their prayer letter when they send it out. Because <laughs> I actually want to know what you're going through. He says, welcome him in the Lord's love and great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve. Now, this is bizarre, but Paul does this in a lot of places. He takes something as simple as somebody doing what, we don't think Hallmark moments are that important. And yet, Paul's saying, I literally want you to look around and find the people that are good at encouraging, giving presents when it's needed, bringing what they have of God with them, and also receiving, not just giving. I mean, that's just basically a really good friend. Is that not a, like a one-on-one -on -one class on the kind of friends you want to have in your life, right? And he goes, welcome him. Honor him, for he risked his life for the work of Christ. He was even at the point of death. And now this is, this is, while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. See, I have to go back and show you Paul's pattern here. He goes, I need you to know that there's a certain kind of spiritual encouragement you can give at a distance. But sitting down at a hospital bed, sitting down taking a ride with some, being at somebody when they're doing their cancer treatment, that long, slow drip and time and, and not even saying a lot, but being there and that they go, could you go get me a Starbucks? Or what do we got, scooters in town, right? I'm sorry, I do come from Chicago. We got like 3,000 Starbucks, right? So, you know, but you got scooters, right? Isn't that right? And so you, that's important, right? And you go, I'll go get you that and bring it back, right? What did you bring the last cancer gal that you were with? What did she want? 
Steak and Shake. <laughs> she, right in the middle of this, like this weird itch in the back of your back you can't get as she's in a cancer drip. And it's like, let's go to Steak and Shake. Go, can you, would you mind? I'm craving it. But you guys, there's a difference here. What Paul's saying is, you're far away, but when you physically became present with me by sending a friend, you did something for me that's at a whole nother level. But isn't this something we can all do? <laughs> Wait, doesn't, isn't this just like what a healthy relationship looks like? Is God prompts us and we like adjust our schedule? We're there for someone? And so in light of that, Paul has this pattern through the entire book of Philippians. And this will help because if you, I mean, I'm going to miss this book. You're right. Just having to read it and study it to be here for the last message. But you guys, Paul has a style. It kind of goes like this. You see the left side and the right side, side A, side B, right? This is kind of like, uh, sometimes we all think like this. You're, you're, you're sharing something and you go, oh yeah, but, and you're sharing something, but you go, oh yeah, but <laughs> I want you to see both sides. Paul does that a lot in Philippians where he's like, I want you to know this. Oh, oh but <laughs> he does it over and over again. Almost every chapter, the way we divide chapters, he does a dance on this, right? Because, you know, if I had reread the book, you go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Here's what he says, starting in verse chapter four. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. He's saying, I thank God that you care about me. Wow. Not, not unusual, 150 friends, you look at every book, go to Romans. But you should, he goes, he starts this, you know, he's ending, landing this plane by saying, I want you to know what it meant that you practically cared about me. I needed to know that. It meant something. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you don't always have the chance to help. What's he saying there? When you're far away, it's not the same as when you're close. You can't all be close. So when you send someone representing you, it's like you're all close. Now, he then gets to verse 14 and he says, Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. What fits between there? Well, he's pointing back to what you read about Epaphroditus. He's going, hey, you didn't have a chance to help me, but remember, Epaphroditus risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while he did for me what you couldn't do from where? Far away. So, you know, this letter, they would have read it in one sitting. They wouldn't have studied it like we did, chopped up. So it would have like popped in their head. Oh, yeah. And he goes, so I want you to know it's a big deal. But look at when he flips. Okay, you guys have noticed this with Paul, right? You're going to catch it here. Boom. He's going to flip now. Here's what he does. Not, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I am so glad we're friends. But there's the God side of this too, right? I need you, but remember, <laughs> there's God in this equation too, right? I'm not going to put a heavy expectation on you that should belong on God. And if he prompts you and you're the one who meets it, great. But what I'm not going to do is make this like a burden for you to help me if you don't want to. Kind of, you see this like, he's kind of like doing that awkward thing. And he's saying, not that I was ever in need. Wait a minute, you just said you were in need and then you've met my needs. You know, he's going, listen, I am willing to go through great hardship. Oh, wait a minute, didn't he talk about that in this letter? 
He does that in in, um, uh, Thessalonians. He does that in Romans. He's constantly reminding when life isn't easy. Guys, life is sweet and sour. It's a Chinese dish people pay money for. It's got sugar and vinegar. Every day has got something easy, something hard. I mean, if all of us are expecting or wanting life to only be the sugar side, you're going to have no teeth, right? You know, spiritual teeth are cut when you combine vinegar and sugar and you make this weird weird tasting thing that's satisfying called sweet and sour. It's when life is real. Because you guys, God uses your pain and your real hard times to make you more real to people who also need to know there's God in you in those hard times. So Paul's doing, I find it kind of funny. I, I, it gives me a little reveal into his temperament, right? Because he's over here going, thank you, thank you, thank you. I needed my friend. You were there. You were good. But, but you know, God takes care of me. <laughs> He's like, there's this incredible tension between a set of truths and the reality that I need a hug. And he's, I like the dance because it's real. You guys, church often you need a hug. And a bit of truth doesn't hurt either. But the truth without the hug or the hug without the truth, it gets weird, right? Because it doesn't feel real. So what he's doing here is he's setting us up for this. Do I want to do life with A and B, or do you want to do life with A or B? My flip side. So, look, we meet all kinds of needs, but we leave God out of it. Well, that's short-term fixes, isn't it? (laughs) Um, Hey, know about, let's do all truth, truth, truth. Yeah, but I am really lonely right now. I'm also very hungry. (laughs) I'm also cold. Well, you don't need a coat. What you need is more of Romans 6. Well, no, how about Romans 6 and a coat? And, and I'm, you guys, I think what Paul's doing here is he's reminding us of the tension of our future home is there and it's awesome and there are no tears. Our current home is here and we need each other. But it's love God and love people. Remember when Jesus did that? He messed with everybody. They said, what's the most important commandment? And he cheats on the test and he gives them two answers. They give him a, they ask for one and he gives them two. Why? What's he saying? You're going to live in a tension your whole life between what's here and who you are there. Who you are with God and who you are with each other. And what Paul's trying to tell us is if you will be a transfer between what you're learning of God and people's real needs, you are going to really put a smile on my face. Matter of fact, I'll high five you and put you in a book of the Bible. He goes on and he says, you know, even so, you've done well to share with me. Great. He's going, okay, theologically, I get what I need from God. And then he prompts somebody. And sometimes they listen because sometimes they don't. All right. And he goes, as you know, you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news. You guys it blew my mind to think about that for a few seconds. Wait, I, I just, just take a moment. Of all the churches Paul brought truth to. He's saying, do you know most of them by DNA weren't generous? (laughs) Do you know most of them thought, hey, I'm so glad you're bringing me. End of the conversation. And the Philippians go, thank you so much for telling us that God died for us. And why we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. And that the only way we can break our sin, fix our sin problem is what God's done for us. Wow. And by the way, 
here's some food and a doggy bag to go. And, and here's a friend to travel with you. And if you need anything more, can we send it to you? I mean, they're not, it, it doesn't, that's like, there are a lot of churches aren't generous. That's collections of people. So it's usually, it, what it is is a reflection of us. Churches are a reflection of their people, right? When we're generous, the church is generous. When we're stingy, the church is stingy. But I, I don't, what does it do? Okay, what's it do to you to realize that Paul goes, none of the other churches, I wouldn't want that written in the Bible if I was one of the other churches, by the way, <laughs> did this for me, <laughs> but you guys did. Now, oh, okay, I love this. Now watch, his head's going to, he's going to do the whoop, but, but, he goes, I don't say this because I want anything more from you. Instead, I actually want you to be encouraged and affirmed. You see what he's doing? He's going, oh, wait a minute. Now that I'm talking about you meeting my need, I'm not grabbing. I'm just being real. But if you don't, it's God's job to take care of me. Okay, now, I don't know if you've ever had this moment, but, um, I text somebody recently an affirmation and encouragement. God prompted me to be nice and to like, you know, to just check in on someone. The response was, bam! Well, it's about time you cared about me and thought I was important enough to ask how I was doing. And I'm like, well, I don't think I'm going to be kind in that direction anymore because it hurts too bad. Now, if God prompts me, I'll still do it. I just will write careful, right? I learned not to write, how are you doing? Or, you know, you know, the issue, it's just like, hi. <laughs> it's gingerly step in. Have you ever had somebody? It's like, they're mad at you because you're not doing more for them? It's like, let me hurt you because you don't come here so I can hit you. I mean, if anyone says that, don't go there. You know, but you see what's going on? Paul's basically saying, don't make it hard for us to be there for each other. You know what he's also saying? When it's not there, don't get angry at people. Check back in with God to go. And you know, somebody might not be listening to God. I'll be honest. God may have prompted someone and they didn't listen. But it doesn't give us room to be angry because now who, who are you putting the expectation on? people. And you're taking your eyes off of God. And he's going, I got backup plans. <laughs> See, Paul's wanting you to get the balance. Be there for people. Bring what he gives you and share it with others. Even when you actually don't have enough for you, that's actually a Bible truth. You actually share more than you have. And then he fills it in with somebody else doing the same thing. It's not quite a give out of your extra. God never gives us room to give out of our extra. He always has us give out of what we have, which we don't have enough. And it's funny how then it re, what he does is takes care of it. Then he goes, oh, and by the way, you may see the back for it. He goes, and the moment I have all I need and more, I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphrodites. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that's acceptable and pleasing to God. He's going, you guys, I want to tell you, thank you. You are generous. Um, there's uh, four qualities of a disciple maker that are brought up in the Babylonian Talmud between the Old and the New Testament in a passage, Barakat 32b. I'm a real geek. I teach graduate stuff, so I, I know these things, right? And so it goes like this. There are four things that particularly require Kavanaugh. 
God's power, his presence, and you're saying, I'm in with you. In other words, it's like, if you say yes to God, you get him and all he can do, but you still have to yield all of you. Okay? And he says four things. One is to study God's word, to know him. The second is prayerfulness. The fourth is in your career, meaning all of life. What's the third? It was the hardest one to translate. Because it's this. Here's how we finally landed. Extravagant love. Now, I thought it was eccentric love because I always had the definition of, have you ever had a word you learned wrong? I had the meaning of eccentric and, and extravagant backwards. Somewhere, maybe as a kid, I was taught it wrong. I don't know. Maybe I just read it wrong. So I'm thinking, you know, rich people are often eccentric. Right? They're odd. <laughs> money, lots of money makes you very odd. Right? A lot of times, right? And, uh, but there's this thing, extravagant. Here's the translators that we were working with as we were looking at this clarity. Because it's funny, if you, can get, if you can get Jewish culture to give you such a clarity that there are four things you do with God's help that you're all in on, and it's the word, prayer, love, and life together, you go, I get that. I think I could do that with my friends. Extravagant love was this. One guy said, it's writing a check you can't cover. Now, it's not okay to do that in real life. It's a crime. He's saying spiritually, when God's asking you to be generous... Know he's good for what he asks you to do. He asks you to tithe. He's good for it. You don't give to challenge him. What you do is you go, if he prompts me, if he asks me, right? If he asks you to be generous, asks you to meet a need, somebody sends you a missionary support letter and they were in your youth group. They were, you know, uh, they're a friend. They, um, they're a friend of a, a daughter of a friend of yours or somebody that's a coworker. I always give something. Because I have someone in my life who's on an adventure with God, and I want them to know I, if I can give you $10, if I can give you $25, if I can give you $30, whatever I have, I'll give you. But what I won't give you is nothing. You go, yeah, but maybe I, yeah, I might have to not go to Starbucks so much that week. Or God just might have someone give me a Starbucks gift card. And I'll wonder where that came from. You know, now, it's not a game. I don't sit there around and going, you know, this is just more of the reality. God's who he is, <laughs> and if he prompts me, I do it. He's thanking the Philippians for being those kind of people. They listen to the Spirit, and he's grateful for it. And now he goes, and you know what? Because of you, I have everything I need. And then he goes one more time. And by the way, okay, remember how he, choo -choo -choo -choo. <laughs> this same God, you know the one who took care of me through you? It's like boomerang. <laughs> he will take care of you, supplying all your needs from his extravagant, glorious riches, which have been given to us in Jesus. Guys, I absolutely love that as a church, you have a chance to be so real with each other that your relationship with God actually affects your marriage your parenting, your friendships. That, you're, you know, it's like even potential for new friendships. That you actually even make room for each other when you come to church together and saying, oh, your heart's heavy. Well, I wasn't really in a good mood either, <laughs> but it's not a contest. And since you're hurting, <laughs> I'm here with you. And you go, is that really that much of the Christian life that we're friends and that we're there for each other? And when God prompts, we listen. Yes. <laughs> love God, love people. What do we think love people is? 
It's not a hallmark card. It's your presence. And when you give your presence, it's sharing what you're learning from God. He he ends the letter this way. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Again, what's he do? Remember, keep your eyes. Your God's amazing. And then he says, Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you greetings. And even, he, you know what Paul's going out of his way to end the letter? I have no idea if you're only going to care for me, but someday you may care for all of these people. I don't know who, sometimes God calls you to care for people you don't even know yet, but you're all in the family of God. You guys, there's an entire community of Boone. Right? And you have absolutely no idea how God's going to take who he is, give it to you. You made me smile all weekend. You took care of us with food and all. It was just awesome because there was like, your your spirit was so obviously you were there because you wanted to be, not because you had to be. Either that or you're a really good faker. All right? But here's the thing. There was God's presence transferred through you to that room of people by something as practical as making sure that as we were there, we were cared for. I don't think sometimes we see that stuff as significant. So I'd like to high-five each of you. I'd include each of you in the Bible for something you've done this week where you listened to God and prompted and were there because Paul's going out of his way to say, thank you, thank you, thank you that you let the God you have put your eyes on the needs of others and that you're there for each other. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I'm very grateful for who you are what you're doing that's beyond what we can do. Uh, Father, I am uh, conscious right now that as you love us, that you have given us what we need if we'll just lift our eyes and be prompted by you and that something incredible can happen in a time between church services or in a time walking to the parking lot or when we're sitting there loading groceries in our car at the store this week. Father, what we're conscious of is that you in your Bible made heroes of people who were encouraging, who brought friendship, who brought practical needs and showed up for others. Father, I know we don't always see that as big as you do, so would you humble us and have us realize how big our life this week is with you. Make us smile that you're working in and through us when we would have missed it completely. In Jesus' name, amen.